Hey guys, how you living? Are you doing well? Good. Glad to hear that. So, this episode is unlike a lot of other episodes because two reasons. The first reason is that my guest is a person who I have literally wanted to have on this podcast since the beginning. One of the people who I first had my first few conversations about podcasts with and one of the smartest people that I've ever met in my life. Also, he wanted to remain anonymous. So per his wishes, episode number 54 of My Stuff features brother, how do you say it? Johnny Ray Rusty Blackhawk. <laughs> Alias Johnny Ray Rusty Blackhawk. And uh, for those of you who know this man, as soon as you hear him speak, you're going to realize who it is, and you're going to be very excited. Unfortunately, there was a situation that caused him to have to leave early, which is fine, because now that we've gotten him here, he's 100% going to be back to finish this talk, and that's going to happen in the near future, and... Just be very excited for the episodes that are coming in the future and this one, which we got a lot of really good information. Uh, we got a lot of really good talk out of this one. And just, just to get inside this person's head for a little while is a fantastic place to be. I'm very, very happy that you guys get to meet old uh, Rusty Blackhawk, old Johnny Ray Rusty Blackhawk today. So, that being said, he also gave a couple of uh, suggestions of things to listen to, which you will hear during this uh, during this podcast. We actually he brought records, so we played a played a record, and then he brought another one that uh, we'll get to on the next episode because of uh, the situation which he had to leave. But we we played a little bit of uh, a little bit of one of the records that he brought, and it's pretty awesome. I don't know if I'll get in trouble for doing that. If I do, uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but fuck it. Who cares? All right. So, by all means, if it ain't too much trouble, please go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Go to the iTunes and the Podomatic. Subscribe to both of those. We also have a Discord channel now, uh, the My Stuff Discord channel. Go to our Facebook page, the My Stuff Facebook page, also my Kelsey Hudgens Facebook page. I've shared it all over. Join the Discord channel so you can get you can get uh, pretty much updates on everything that's going on and what, who's going to be on and uh, when we're recording and the subjects of which we'll be talking about and random things like that. And I just actually just had this idea. I have a couple of things that I need to say, and I'm just going to tag that on to the end of this. So, yeah, that'll happen. So, without further ado, here's my stuff. Episode number 54 featuring Johnny Ray, Rusty Blackhawk. Enjoy, motherfuckers. The Nazi got deported, like, yesterday. On Tuesday. Like, got deported to Germany. A real Nazi. A real Nazi. Like an uh, SS. I, and I, I think I'm saying his uh, name right. I believe it's uh, Yakif Polish. Um, he's actually Polish, uh, 95 years old, and still alive, in very, very poor health. But um, he worked at, let me see, I wrote this down so I'd make sure to get it right. He was a Nazi guard at the Travniki uh, camp in Poland. Um, and fled, uh, when the, when the occupying forces came in, he fled Europe and came to the United States in 49. He became a citizen in 57 and he worked in, uh, Queens and lived there his whole life. Wow. And in the nineties, uh, the Eli Rosenthal, uh, Nazi hunters found him and they started all the, the court proceedings to, to, to you know, uncover who he is and that yeah. sort of thing, and in two thousand three, I think it was, he was convicted, and unfortunately, he was a stateless person because he was a citizen of the Ukraine when he was born, and then it became part. Or I'm sorry, he was a citizen of Poland when he was born. Is now part of the Ukraine. He worked for the Germans. He became a U.S. citizen. 
got rid of all that old citizenship. So the U.S. wanted to kick him out and had nowhere to go. So they just had to wait. And he was like under house arrest at his house in Queens. <laughs> and people would come and protest all the time um, outside of his house. Did and, he stick and, to his guns? Well, no, he admitted in 2003, he admitted that he was, a, but he said he was merely a guard at the camp, like a gate guard, a yeah. road guard, bridge guard. He didn't actually do anything. But interestingly enough, too, we, you know, I'd never heard of the Travniki uh, camp before. Yeah, nor have I. And um, I think it was around 60,000 people died there. I mean, they would execute people just in the street uh, or in the camp, like just line them up and shoot them. And so he, uh, <clears throat> he got deported Tuesday. Germany said that they would accept him and he's going to go back and I guess live out his days in a, a jail or prison or whatever. I don't know. Yes, yeah. I guess but, we'll take him back. You know, it's, and it's funny. Yeah. He was the last, the last Nazi living in the United States that we knew of. He was the last one. He was the 68th Nazi deported out of the United States. He was the last one that we knew yeah. was here. And, and they say that there were thousands that came to the United States that we just never found. Oh, 100%. They, they just blended in. We never found them. Well, Hitler and, lived in South America for all those years. You know, you saw that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I got kind of upset. And I'm, I'm not going to go off on a political rant. But Please got, do, Bob. No, no, no. I got kind of upset because as I'm reading the, the, you know, the CNN coverage or the New York Times coverage or they start interjecting into the story how uh, you know Republicans are saying you know this is what ICE is for to catch these criminals. Well, it, I mean, yes, ICE deported the guy, but yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not what you set it up for. You didn't create ICE to go look for Nazis. Nazis. Yeah, exactly. That's just a byproduct of creating ICE. And then the other interesting thing is they also like to point out that he was living in the district of uh, this girl. Uh, Ocasio Cortez, the one that the Democrat socialist that just won this surprise victory primary over her opponent. She's a Democratic it, socialist. Yeah, yeah. She just kind of came out of nowhere and uh, and she won and she's been all over the news. It's this real big deal that um, you know a Democratic socialist would beat an, an old guard Democrat in his district. Well, then they yeah. want to point out that this Nazi was living in her district, and they're like, "See what happens in her district?" It's like, "Well, no, she <laughs> what's that got to do with anything?" She didn't. She's like twenty-eight years old. I mean, she has nothing to do with this guy. He had already been caught when she was born, so she <laughs> had nothing to do with this clown. But yeah, I just thought that was—I thought that was just a a story that that kind of was quick. On yeah. the, it's like, oh, we caught a Nazi and we're sending him back. Okay. I got to look into it. It, it was it, it was an interesting little read for a few minutes. So I wonder how many more there actually are. There has to be a shitload. Well, I don't know. We're getting to the point to where it's not like a. Well, they're, they're old. Yeah. I mean, they're dying. There's, they're, I bet there's a lot that we don't know about. They'll find in their effects. They'll find their uniform right. or whatever. Right. I mean, because you would th- I don't know, though, if you're if you're involved in, in something like that, uh when it's over, you probably throw everything out. I mean, you you don't want to be a because you know I'm gonna give you something you can't take <laughs> off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Make sure everybody knows yeah. your truth, <laughs> your deep truth. Uh, um, yeah, but they <clears throat> they uh, uh, they they're still hunting for him. I, I, but I, like I said, it can't be that. Well, well the just, Hitler thing was a National Lampoon's prank, was it not? Didn't they like, yeah, they took a bunch of those pictures. I'm pretty sure that the lampoons were the one that did that. Ones that did that. Probably. I don't know. I just know that who was it? The doctor was his mingler or whatever is the one that went down. Yeah. Yosef. Yeah. Mangle. Yeah. Whatever his name was. was. Bad guy too. They're all bad guys, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you being here, my unnamed guest, uh, Johnny Johnny, Johnny Ray, Ray Rusty Blackhawk. Johnny Ray Rusty Blackhawk. <laughs> this is epic, by the way. That's, that's a great name. You have to have three names if you're from the South. It, that's that's the rules. And and then something to to tie you to the land that yeah. would be the Blackhawk. <laughs> the Blackhawk, your stage name. <laughs> but uh, so you were we were. I don't know if you want to go into this yet, but but the 
the ironic or are we are, were you was do we do we tile loose ends on the the Nazi deportation? Yeah, we're done with Nazis. Oh, speaking of the ice thing, uh my buddy buddy Jeff Thomas who's on who was a guest on the podcast told me about ice going to a church in Conway like a Hispanic church in Conway and deporting people after they left church, like catching them as they were leaving church and deporting them. And I'm pretty sure I I tried to look it up. It was very hush hush in the news, but there's a guy who has a produce stand who's who one of his main, one of his main like uh, providers of his produce lost like a hundred percent of his staff basically by getting deported out of church. Can you believe that? When did that happen? Uh, I, that episode was probably about a month ago and he, it's, it's been a couple months, like within, within the last two or three months. I don't remember. I thought I heard something the other day about somebody, uh, a a lady getting picked up somewhere, but that must've been totally unrelated. But no, I I had not heard that in Conway, but I don't, I don't doubt it. I mean, I can't confirm or, or or, discredit that tale, but, but I also, uh, feel that it's entirely probable. Absolutely. In this day and age, I don't yeah. know. I, you know, and, and, and this is one of those things that, that you run the risk of, of making someone angry on one side or the other. But basically there, there has, there has to be, uh, there has to be a line drawn, a border made. There has to be rules in order for people to cross city yes. borders. And we all want to adhere to those rules, and we all want to um, uh, want safety and security. But it, I feel like if you're going to church, probably 99% of the people in that room are not bad people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and just as in anything, there's a 1% that is that can be, you know, troublesome. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's anywhere. Yeah, especially in the church. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why they're there. They're there to try to fix them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've screwed up all my life, they, Lord. They, they are there to try to fix something. That's what it is. I've made my mistakes, Lord. <laughs> Please forgive me. Why me, Lord? What have oh. I ever done? How about the uh, How about the lady in Hilton Head got eaten by the alligator? Marshall did the did the story on oh, that. Oh, really? He sent me. Yeah, he oh. sent me like. Uh, yeah, he was he was sending me Snapchats of the feed. Yeah, he 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 ran the the camera for that. That was the craziest thing. I, and you know, I heard him talking about it on the radio, and they said, you, "You if you have a pet, anybody that's a pet owner, you know, if if another animal goes after your pet, you feel compelled to get in there and break this yeah. up. But when it's an alligator, you're not breaking it up. I mean." Unless you're a professional you gotta, alligator you wrestler, your losses, man. <laughs> but you, you're not going to get this. Uh, you, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. This ain't Louisiana. No, no, no. Like I said, you're unless not born you're uh, with the ability. What's the guy from the alligator uh, Everglades, Chief Billy? Uh, yeah, sure. that has the famous. I, I don't even believe that he participates anymore. He might be dead. I don't know. But but that was, it was Chief. I think it was Chief Billy's alligator wrestling out there off the Tamiami Trail. Chief Billy's alligator wrestling. Yeah, and, and it was like Billy. It was it's something. There's more to his name. It was like Billy Jack. It wasn't Billy Jack. That's the movie. It was like Billy Billy Charles or something. He didn't have three names. <laughs> he, he broke the rules <laughs> in many ways. Consider Chief a name. <laughs> yeah, Chief Billy Jack. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I, I don't know. Like, if you if you see your dog getting had by an alligator, is it just just like, well, we had a good run, Fido? I, I you you know, I would probably try to do something. However, it I, and then maybe that maybe that lady was thinking that maybe she went after it. And she's like, oh, he's going to get my dog. And I'm going to jump in there and I'm going to stop this. And she, in her mind, she's thinking, I'm going to I'm going to try to prevent this from happening. But when it gets to this point, I'm giving up. And maybe it it passed that point so quickly she wasn't able to make that decision. You know what I mean? Now, how did this how did it how did it get her? Like, I mean, I, like, it how gra- did it uh, from the front? And I didn't read the tale. Yeah. But, <clears throat> um, evidently, it grabbed the leash. And started pulling back to the water. She was walking along a a pond on a golf course. I call it a pond. Yeah. Some folks tend to call it a lake. They have now changed it to the story to a lagoon. So she was walking along the lagoon. 
<laughs> with her dog, and I don't know what kind of dog it was. And the alligator evidently, um, I'm just going to say it, leapt out of the water because it sounds good, and grabbed the leash and started going back into the water. And I guess dog on one end, lady on the other, and she tries to save the dog. She succeeded. She saved the dog. The dog is fine. But in the process, the the alligator took her into the water. So she's a hero now. She, for saving the dog. I'm sure hope the dog appreciates it. And there's a there's also this man that they interviewed. And I don't really get this. He said he was in the shower and he heard her shriek. I, I don't, either her shriek was extremely shrill and loud or whatever condo he's staying in has paper thin walls. But he was in the shower. Which is likely. <laughs> and he heard her shriek, and he thought nothing of it. Then why would you even bring it up? That's weird now. And and then he walked out later and saw this crowd of people around the lagoon. And he went over and was like, oh, my gosh, I heard her when she was attacked. And there was a shoe and uh, her hat and uh, another item of hers there on the ground. So she got taken back into the lagoon. Into the lagoon. And it's probably still there, or did they get her out? I wonder if it was the lagoon from Gilligan's Island. It sounds more likely. Or was it the blue lagoon? Was it the black lagoon? Oh, my goodness. Well, no matter what it was, it is most certainly the black lagoon now. (laughs) It will now be known as the black lagoon. (laughs) For all of its days. And and the the alligator has been caught and euthanized. They will perform a, uh, uh, I don't think they call it an autopsy. On an alligator, I think they call it a necropsy. Anyway, maybe that to open necromancy it up to to not with an alligator to <laughs> confirm <laughs> that it is the correct alligator that they euthanized, and I believe they said it was an eight foot alligator as well. See, we had a lot of those in Bennettsville. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, like Bennettsville is as swampy as anywhere <laughs> in Louisiana. If I if I had to imagine, of course I haven't been to Louisiana, so don't don't judge me, but. There's a lot of there's a lot of like giant alligators out there. People should know better. I'm sorry. I'm glad the dog's okay. <laughs> but but you kind of need to know that this is a this is something that you know God didn't give us dominion over all of these creatures. No, no. And and she, yeah. And then to, I'll I'll put the last little sad note and then we'll move on. But she uh, she was also a kindergarten teacher oh, from man. New York, and you know school starting back. She hates school so. that bad. Why? Well, you know, I hope the school wasn't like the Gators because that would be <laughs> awkward. <The laughs> if Hilton. there were ever a reason to change your school mascot, that would be it. <laughs> the Hilton had long snouts. <laughs> the Chompers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's let's play a tune. Let's shall play we? a tune, shall we? All right. I hold in my hands a uh, vintage copy of the soundtrack to the wildly popular "Let's Do It Again," starring Sidney Poitier, Bill Cosby, and Jimmy Walker. As of good times fame, I believe his name in this movie is Bouncy Farnsworth. Bootney. Bootney. Bootney Farnsworth. Yeah, I don't Bootney. have my spectacles, so I couldn't quite make that out. Um, yeah, that's it. We'll put that up there. Kind of like that. And uh, we're going to choose. Uh, interestingly enough, all songs on this album were written by the late, great Curtis Mayfield and performed by the Staple Singers. Oh, man, Mavis and Pops. And Mavis and Pops and the gang. Uh, let's see. What's the date on this one? 1975 from Cortum Records. Did you buy this new? I did not. This was a, uh, what's that place called? Goodwill. Goodwill Find. You, the, the Goodwill obviously have decent records. I never go to Goodwill for records. You have to be uh, lucky, willing to accept what is there, but they're a dollar apiece. I did get Jim Neighbors' Christmas album. We'll save that for a later episode. Let's see. You should be on here. Let's see what kind of volume we got here. Longest intro sound ever. Oh, there 
it is. Plays a character called Biggie Smalls in this oh, movie. 
Biggie Smalls. Milkman Clyde Williams, played by, portrayed by Portier, I say, portrayed by. Portiered by. And his yeah, best friend. he did put his own special spin on it. Indeed. And his best friend, Billy Foster, Bill Cosby, <laughs> who you've heard of that guy probably, folks. I've seen him around. Are members of a fraternal lodge, the brothers and sisters of Shaka, that needs money for the retirement home they sponsor. Since Clyde has a gift for hypnotism, as milkmen so often do, they decide to fix an upcoming boxing match by hypnotizing the underdog fighter, Jimmy Walker. The scam works, and the men collect big winnings before a couple of mafia dons realize they've been tricked and decide to track Clyde and Billy down. That sounds very Harlem Nights. It sounds very Harlem Nights, and it's 1975. Um, hold on, I had to send a little text. I apologize. That's fine. That's fine. Like I said, I'm getting a, a roof put on my house, and you don't want to miss out on anything with those guys. Yeah, no doubt. So, what'd you think of that excellent soul tune, dude? That is fantastic. I love Pops, man. Pops is one of my favorite yeah. voices. Yes, yes. Like, yes. He, he's uh, in the last waltz. Pops does yeah. the slow down Miss Moses verse that's in the right. wait. Slow down Miss Moses. That's it's just right. so clean. Did you ever watch the Mavis uh, documentary? Uh-uh. Oh. Is it on the Netflix or the Prime? Uh, I believe it was. I watched it either on Netflix or, or HBO. But it, yeah. is a, it is a phenomenal documentary because she talks about where she grew up and the influences she had. And then just their, their whole life, their whole career with yeah. staple singers and then and moving on to a solo career. Her work with Jeff Tweedy. Everything that Wait. she's done. Back up a second. What did she do with with the Jeff Tweedy? She her latest album he produced and he helped really yeah 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 and and it's fantastic album, um, but but and and uh, supposedly according to the documentary you watch the documentary supposedly uh, she and Bob Dylan had a little thing going on, and ah. uh, Bob Dylan asked Pops if it would be okay if he tried to marry Mavis and Pops said that was something that. That he would have to take up with Mavis, not with him. But uh, yeah, supposedly that hmm. was that they were a, they were a bit of an item in I guess the mid sixties, late sixties. That's kind of interesting. I like that the pops is like, well, you are gonna have to ask yeah, you, her. You, to to <laughs> you might better run that by her cousin. But I think her one of her sisters just died recently or was hospitalized i'm not sure but um i'm not positive about that but yeah i just saw that i seem like i saw that too but anyway that curtis mayfield i think is just a, was a phenomenal uh composer composer absolutely and and that song is just just great and absolutely great ironic dates as we were talking about earlier this this movie was released on my brother's birthday in 1975 <laughs> well he wasn't born until 81 but well, it was still the day he would be born well and and you know i don't know that i'm ever going to watch the movie i may but i do like the soundtrack i think i'm going to watch it now you know what i'm going to take the risk of it showing up that i watched a bill cosby movie i'll i'll, I'll take the risk <laughs> yeah i can't believe somebody's watching bill cosby well this was i don't, I don't know and if if People could see. Just go online and look at the, watch the trailer, and you'll see how Bill Cosby's dressed, and it's hilarious. It's well worth it. <laughs> you never see him wear things like this in real life. No, no, you don't. Well, maybe you or don't, out, yeah, outside of sure. animation, anyway. No, <laughs> outside of animation, exactly. Yeah. One animation I can think of specifically. Um, oh, by the way, talking about taking a risk and looking to see if something was streaming. I, one thing I did think about mention was: Do you think that streaming service, streaming television, whatever you want to call it, I, I think it's hurt. TV, yes, cable television, yep. and I think it's hurting movies as well. I think, I, I think so I think, too. Because I, last night I was I was looking up some stuff on the computer and I saw the trailer for uh, a, a new version of Pepion, um, starly starring uh, Charlie Hoonan, the the guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the original starred uh, Dustin Hoffman and um, uh, oh, why is that? Why have I forgotten his name now? Steve McQueen, and it's about a, a thief. French thief who gets sent to the penal colony in French Guiana in South America. Explains the name. I get it now. And he, well, the reason he was called Papillon is because he had a butterfly tattooed on his chest. And the French word for 
Butterflies, Papillon. And he famously <laughs> escaped. This movie's moving further away from where I thought it was going <laughs> in my mind, by he the way. He famously escaped from the prison. And that's, <laughs> a, that's what the movie's about. And it's a true story. And um, anyway, I saw this trailer for Papillon, a new version. And I said, hmm, funny, I haven't seen that. But then it dawned on me. I don't watch TV anymore. I yeah. just stream. And then I said, well, you know, I, I haven't even seen anything at the movie theater. And I said, well, I haven't been to the movie theater. In fact, most of the time I watch a movie is on an airplane or streaming. I don't go to the theater. And usually if I do have an opportunity, to, I just don't have an opportunity most of the time. But when I do have the opportunity, I look at the bill and say there's nothing I want to see. I mean, there's no yeah. Uh, there's no movies that make me want to go spend eight, nine, ten dollars, you know, that I'm willing to yeah. devote that much time to. And there may it, be four movies I want to see a year, and I'll go actually go see one of those four. Right, and I don't know if it's because the the availability of of streaming services and everything else, or even just listening to a podcast. I don't know if that it's more convenient. Is right. I don't cheaper. know if that's and also probably it's being compounded by the fact that, and I'm not putting down writers and directors and actors by saying this, but movies just don't, they don't have the allure. And, and, and for me, I had this conversation with Smitty the other day on the way to a gig. I was like, man, I, I didn't do the con. And I know that we've had conversations. You, you did the comic book thing as Mm -hmm. a, as a kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't do the comic book thing as a kid. And I, I've just, the, Hollywood is just run rampant with just comic book movies, mm-hmm. and I don't get any of it. I don't. I don't get that. You don't know the backstory. I don't, you don't know the history. I don't understand. I don't get it. And, and yeah, and they, not to step too late on your now words, to try to right. And they go so deep into these stories. Yeah, that even the casual comic book reader is not aware of a lot of these things. And and the the crazy. And again, this is going to lead back to Hollywood. They've run. Have they run out of ideas? That's what they're, I'm thinking. They're mining comic books. And by the way, I've rarely, uh, I, I can name um, uh, one movie that I've ever gotten up and walked out of the theater on. And you know, I say I said that I can name it, and now I can't think of the darn title. But it's the one with Jeremy Irons, and he plays twin brothers, and they're doctors, and they're killing people. Mm. Uh, I can't remember that, but then that was a horrible movie. Funny, Jeremy book. Irons was a was or not Jeremy Jeremy Irons. Who's the other Irons guy that that played in uh, Die Hard? Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside. Mm. Yep, mm. it was him, not Jeremy Irons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he's also in Starship Troopers. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was one of the. We had to. We had to put these characters in order as to when they were born, and it was Michael Ironside. Tom Skerritt, mm. uh, Tim Robbins, and somebody else I can't remember. Was Michael Ironside the oldest, or Tom Skerritt? I don't know. I can't. Oh, I really. It was the other one. I guess the remember. other guy. Yeah, it was the guy I couldn't remember. But but at any rate, uh, so um, I didn't. I walked out of that movie, and then I've turned a few movies off. But most of the time, I don't care how bad it is. I'll usually watch it to the end. Just you got to see for closure. I gotta know. I gotta know. <laughs> yeah. I even watched a movie called The Transmorphers, thinking it was The Transformers. And I watched it to the end. Did you send that to all of us? Yes. I watched it to the end just to see. And it was a horrible movie. But my point was, I was on a plane recently, and I was watching the new uh, Justice League movie. And I quit about 20 minutes into it. It was just terrible. It was a terrible movie. I just didn't get it. I just don't like it. It was was slow, and then they would blow things up. And that's not entertaining to me. I need more. Yeah, I need a story. I I need more. Um, and I'm going to have to wrap this up. I'm, I apologize, but no, that's fine. You man. know, the life of Johnny Ray Rusty Blackhawk is fraught with danger on all sides. <laughs> and I, sometimes you got to move, you got to stick and move. Um, but I do want to leave you with a tune. And this is one I just heard the other day. The album's getting released in a couple of days. It's by a band called the lemon twigs. They're from long Island. It's uh, Brian and Michael Diodario. Keep this in mind as you listen to it. Brian is 21. Michael is 19. This is their second album. Yep. And uh, and they are quite talented. The whole album is a concept album, like a rock opera. And this is one of the tracks. And it's about, I looked this up, it's about a chimp raised to think he's a human. And his parents are Todd Rundgren and their mom. And he goes to school and realizes he's different. 
And that's what all the songs, it's just rock, like, uh, like Tommy, you know, like the old, the rock opera yeah. Tommy. It's kind of the same thing. But they went to Hickman High School, and uh, it was the same high school as Billy Joel, which I think is, is pretty wild. <laughs> but, but anyway, I, like I said, I've got to go. But if you'll play the Lemon Twigs Fire. I will. And then ask people to leave comments about the content of the song because it is thought-provoking. I'll just, I, it is very thoughtful and it is like five different genres balled up into one. It It's just all over the place, but somehow it works. So is music. Yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. All right. Well, we're going to, uh, but thanks a lot for letting me stop by and I'll come back for, to see you again. No, nah, thank you for being here. Uh, brother, brother, rusty Blackhawk. uh, <laughs> Johnny Ray, rusty, Blackhawk. Johnny Ray, rusty Blackhawk in the house, ladies and gentlemen, uh, off to save the world. Yes. At least in at least in one one person's mind. I'll for just sure. put my cape on as I leave the door. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna leave you with some lemon twigs right here. We're gonna fade out after that. I was lying. We're not gonna fade out after that. Stay tuned. After this song, I'm gonna uh, record something else that was on my mind after the last couple of days. So don't go nowhere. Shut up.
this real time Just about no one at all Well, there you go. Our anonymous guest, who you may hear his name on the video for just a second, which is no secret, but brother Johnny Ray Rusty Blackhawk coming in hot. Uh, with the with the good good suggestions on things to listen to. Anywho, um, there's really no clean way to get to this, and this is only like a five minute ordeal, probably five or ten minutes. I don't know how long it'll take, but um, so I had I had something on my mind this week, and um. Okay, so it's mostly due to this thing that I posted on Facebook the other day, but I'm going to get to that after this first little story. So, uh, I was at a gig on Monday at Drunken Jack's, and there's, uh, there's this family who are in the lounge waiting for their table. Where I play at Drunken Jack's is... I play in the waiting lounge. You know, there's like a uh, the lounge area where people are waiting for their for their table upstairs. So, for instance, like if you go to Outback and there's a 45 minute wait, rather than waiting 45 minutes sitting awkwardly on a bench next to a bunch of other people waiting on their tables, then you there's a lounge area where you can go and eat popcorn, listen to music, order appetizers, drinks, yada yada. Anywho. Um, these people were waiting on their table and this high school aged girl walked into the door. The mom said something to the high school aged girl and the girl just responded to her mom and uh, referred to her as the N word with a hard R. I must also tell you that this was a white family. These were Caucasians. And the the daughter just like in a response to what her mom said, which I can't even remember now what it was because I was just after she said what she said, I was just like, "Are you seriously? Like, that's still happening?" And she just not. I mean, and I wasn't sitting like in this group. I was obviously to the side, and she said it loud enough for me to hear it. And granted, I'm a bartender. And musician, so I mean, I'll, I'll I'll hear everything, but I'm not the only one that heard this. And she just used it like it was just so nonchalantly that she used this word, and with the hard R, dropping the hard R. Not listen, and I'm not I'm not on the I'm not of the belief that some people are of the belief that if they say it a certain way that it's acceptable. I'm not that person. I don't think there's an acceptable way to say it at all. And every single time I hear it, 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 it fucking makes me mad. And I, I don't, I, I just, and, I, and it makes me mad because I am a person who has used that word before. And just, just freely, like, like I, like it was mine to use. And I, I, I have, and I'm embarrassed of that fact. So it literally just when i hear somebody say that it the i guess the root of the anger is that holy shit i'm the one who's been looked at like that person's being looked at by me before and i'm you know somebody's looked at me like i'm looking at at her right now and and i and i that that angers me that i, I was so ignorant in my life but i'm big enough to admit that that did happen but that i'm making a choice to remove certain things from my vocabulary in my mind. I'm trying to cleanse myself, which is no secret to any listener. This is just what embarrasses me most about this. And the most disturbing thing, I guess, is that there were about 10 of these people. And the number of kids outnumbered the uh, amount of adults that were in this group. So... These kids are growing up in a household 
Um, and obviously, this was multiple households. This wasn't just one 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 group of people with like a shitload of kids. And I, I mean, it could have been. I, I who, who am I to, to to assume? But the thing that got me is that this this high school age girl walked in, used this word to her mom, and she's holding the hand of who I can assume is her younger brother, and hopefully not her child, which but by the by the uh demeanor of these people I wouldn't be surprised if this high school age girl who who said her age she she bought she made it a made it a point to address the fact that she was seventeen years old. And I, I heard her say that in in a point of Whatever, I, I guess just trying to tell how old she was. I don't know, but uh, she she made it a point to address her age, and this this little boy whose hand she was holding had to be six or seven. So I mean, who knows? But it bothers me that there's a there's a group of people who are growing up in a family, like group of kids growing up in families who are from whatever area these people are from where it's okay to use words like that. And this, and I mean, it's not okay anywhere, but obviously in this group of people, there's nobody correcting this girl. There's nobody saying anything to her about it. I mean, this is like 2018. How, how do how do, uh, how do people think that this is okay to do? And this is, I look around the room and I notice that there are, I I don't know, there's probably 50 or 60 people who are within the, and maybe not that much. There's, there's probably maybe 30 people who are in this, in this one long lounge area. And I would say that out of the 30 people who were in there, like 15 to 20 of these people, 15 people for sure heard her say what she said. And it's like this, this entire family of people just moved on with their, with that conversation as if that didn't just occur. And I can't imagine. And I, I know that people don't, that don't, uh, don't feel the same way that I do about things. But I expect people subconsciously to see things the way that I see them just because that's how your subconscious works, I guess. And you want to, uh, you want people to know how you feel Uh, or, or, or I said that wrong. You want people to feel the way that you feel. You want people to share your, your beliefs and I'm not foolish enough to believe that that's possible, but I just because in my my life and my my heart and out of my mouth I'm being wiser with the things that I'm saying and how it might affect people other than myself and I'm ashamed that not not more people are like that. So I posted this video the other day on Facebook of an old vet who who claimed to be a Christian and was on a missions trip to Libya, I think. I think it was. And this video is him in a hotel lobby of this hotel in Libya, I'm pretty sure, screaming the N-word at these guys who are working and literally punching the dude. Like, he's just... He's punching this poor dude in the in the head while he's screaming obscenities at him, and he's like using the name of Jesus, like in Jesus' name, I rebuke you and shit like that. And I'm like, I'm a Christian. And I love God. I love Jesus. I have him in my heart and I don't hide that fact, but I don't go out into the world and broadcast that either. I don't go out into the world with my sole purpose as to make a, let people know that I'm a Christian. As a matter of fact, it's, it's the, the contrary. I, 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 I try 
my best to hide the fact that I am that way in my life. Anyway, that way, when someone finds that out about me, they, they will know that I've had every opportunity to talk to them about this and to let them know this, but they've known me for however long. And then they find out, Oh, he's a Christian. Well, you, you, you can't be because you're not like the rest of them. And, and it's true. I'm not. And I make it, I make it a point not to be because in my mind, we as a group have dropped the ball in a big way. It in, it is embarrassing to be considered part of that group for a number of reasons. And one of which is that most Christians who who are portrayed in let's let's say the media or pretty much the mo- the 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 largest group of Christians who the world will see and base their opinions upon are the ones who are racists screaming obscenities at uh people of a different race or picketing uh some bullshit thing with just signs that just because somebody has a different sexual orientation than you or somebody is a different color than you or somebody prays to praise to God by a different name than the one you use I mean this this is the this is how we're depicted these days. This is how Christians are looked at. And we don't need any more help in the Christian community or the white community in looking like fools. We don't need any more help because there's enough of us out there that are doing enough shit to make the rest of us look bad. We don't need any, any extra shit yet. These people think it's okay in in this family to just drop the n word uh just nonchalantly like it like it like it doesn't even matter like that's ours to use and uh or this guy who doesn't care that he's being filmed and still just punches a hotel worker in the face all when he is going to Libya on a mission trip to try to bring people to God do we not see the fucking problem here? Excuse my language while I'm talking about God, but I, I apologize. I, I curse when I pray too. He knows my deal. We we I, I still talk to the guy, but I I just are we seriously still there? Is this? I, obviously, I'm talking about it, so uh, there's nothing that we can do about that. But seriously, what is the? When is this all gonna? When is this going to be enough? When is enough enough? When is it all going to be over? I've said that in episodes past in this situation. When is enough enough? And it's almost like, uh, and I probably will. I probably will talk about this uh, every time. And I, this may be something that you've heard me say before, or maybe something that I, I may be overstating the fact and that you guys, okay, we get it. You've already talked about this on another episode, but I don't care if that's an issue. Don't listen. I'm sorry, but I'm going to probably bring this up every single time that I am prompted with the opportunity because it needs to be said. Obviously this, this girl's family isn't, isn't correcting her or saying that this isn't okay. So that means that in their mind, they think that it's okay and it's so not okay. Also this guy who is over in the over in the part of the world who may need God and this is and I'm not saying I'm not personally saying that this part of the world needs God don't hear me wrong I'm saying that whoever whatever community this guy is a part of decided that they needed to go spread God's word to Libya and they were led by the spirit or whatever have you to go do do so or maybe they were led by oh we want to we want to say that we sent a group to libya to to spread the word just so that they can say that they did it which seems more the case seeing how one of the guys in this group is acting 
And but then I'm doing the same thing that I'm accusing everybody else of by stereotyping the group. But it's not hard to stereotype a group when you have somebody in the group who acts like this. I don't see uh, this this person coming out in 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 someone and acting out like that, especially on camera, and nobody ever seeing that before. Like, I don't see that just in the same that I, that I talked about the guy who shot up the, who shot up the school. Like, I don't see anybody developing that personality that, uh, and not given any kind of sign prior to that moment. So obviously this people around this guy, have had the opportunity countless times to show him the right way or to correct his ignorant, ignorant uh language but they haven't and it's fostered a viewpoint now so i mean it's no longer just words now it is also a belief like this guy believes this and they believe this is okay so how are you gonna bring it's by most of these people not mine not mine personally i would love for people to 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 be saved and and be Christians and love Jesus and God the way that I do. I would love, I would love for that to be the case, but it's not my MO to go out in life and make disciples of all the world. That may be what the Bible says to do, but the Bible says a lot of things that I don't personally agree with. So if this guy's MO is to go out into the world and make disciples of the people, why in the world is he showing this to the, why is he showing this to the world? If he wants to bring people to Jesus and bring people to God, how are you supposed to do that when you're an unashamed racist that punches people and you're showing that to the world, you're being filmed and you know, you're being filmed. The guy knew he was being filmed. He didn't care. And that just really bothers me. As Christians and as white people, we have dropped the ball in a huge way. And I am doing my fucking best to reverse that as much as I can. But it's like we're in, it's like all white people are in this Fred Flintstone car. And there's so many people that are just, just driving. And I'm doing my best to just hold the feet down. Like I'm like. Well, actually, no, let's, 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 let's reverse that. There's so many people who are just holding their feet down that don't want this vehicle that we're in to move ahead that most, that a lot of other people are just stop trying. They're stop trying to move. They're just like, okay, well, if this is where we're going, then let's just stop. But damn it, I'm not that person. I'm going to continue to move forward and I don't care how anybody feels about that. Because this is my walk, nobody else's. I'm going to excel in my life, in my spirituality. If they want to be stuck in the 19 whatevers, then by all means allow them to do that. It's, 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 it's foolish, it's sad, it's depressing, it's, I, it's, it's, it's just sad. It's, it's, that's all there is to it. It's fucking sad. And it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for Christians. It doesn't look good for white people. And if you're one of the, if you're one of the people who wants to respond, and I know that there are people on my Facebook who will take the, well, it ain't just white people's fault route. And if you're one of those people, you're the fucking problem. Did you hear me? I want to make sure you understand that. If you take that stance about this, then you are part of the problem. Just examine yourself, examine your hearts, examine your minds, find out who you really are. Because if you don't think that you're that person, but you have that stance, you're 100% that person. I hate to be the one to break it to you, but you are wrong And I have no problem in the world telling people that they're wrong and they hate to hear it usually because I'm usually right about it. And I, I'm sorry for that too, but that's also the truth. So that being said, I'm not going to keep you any longer. 
brother, uh, <laughs> brother Johnny Ray, Rusty Blackhawk will be back with us eventually. And I, I'm going to leave you with this thought as the music's kicking up. Every single day you are being watched. In this day and age, you cannot leave your house and not be watched. There is, and this is not conspiratorial or, uh, uh, this isn't, is that a right word? Is that a word? Did I just make up a word? This isn't a conspiracy. With the amount of cameras that are everywhere as far as traffic cams and local businesses that have cameras, it's impossible to do something in public without being filmed these days. Even in the woods, there's like, there's game cams and shit that people have set up everywhere. Just the, the, the probability of you being filmed while you're in public is probably in the high 80s or 90 percentile, I would guess. Uh, Okay, I'll leave you with this. Know that you're always being watched. Just know that you're always being watched. If you live your life like you're always being watched, which is basically what I've done with Christianity and religion, I do live my life like there's a guy up in the sky who's just watching me all the time. And it keeps me... I don't know the word to use. It keeps me, I guess, accounted, uh, accountable. It holds me accountable for the things that I do. And I believe that there will be a time when I will have to pay for the things that I've done in my life. And when it comes time for me to make that payment, I don't want the check to have to be so big. Keep your number low. Keep your things that you have to be held accountable for at the end low. Because whether or not you believe in religion or an afterlife, if you don't believe in afterlife and you have children on earth, think of that as your afterlife. Think of the fact that your children are going to have to pay for the sins of their their fathers or mothers like your children the, the generations that come after you your nieces and nephews your and if even if you have nobody it's just the rest of the world is going to have to continue in this place after you're gone think of that as an afterlife if you don't already have an afterlife in your mind just know that the things that you do in this world will have to be answered for one day whether it be in an afterlife or just simply on this earth, things will have to be answered for. Just make sure that whatever those things are that have to be answered for were worth doing while you were here because you're going to have to pay for them eventually. So That's all I got for you guys. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. I... I'm just blown away that this is this this is still a subject like worth worth talking about. And I'm talking about it. I'm feeding into this monster too. Anyway, I'm getting the fuck out of here, guys. Got nothing else for you. Thanks for listening. Love you. Mean it. Check out the Discord channel. Make sure to stay uh, stay up to date with everything that's going on. Um, yeah, that's that. Love you. Mean it.